0: guys, and welcome to the Moms and Mysteries podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa.
1: Hi, Mandy. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I am doing well. I mentioned to you before we started recording that I was very happy that the chillier, damp Florida winter weather is kind of going away this week and it's going to be hot again. You were like, Mandy, bite your tongue. It's going to be hot for the rest of the year. So don't say that. But honestly, I'm just over it. It's so damp and cold and chilly. I feel like my bones are cold.
1: Someone timestamped this because I want to throw this in her (laughs) face in July when she's saying how hot it is when we do that weather report. Um, I'm just kidding. But no, I get that. I I do get like, because my husband hates the cold and he's like, are you, you really like this? And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Meanwhile, I'm like, freezing, you know, but I'm like, No, I love it. I absolutely love it. He's like, you can say you don't like it. I'm like, Nope. love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've determined that my threshold is about 65. And I like that with sun sunshine. So right now it's like in the 50s and overcast and it just it even just looks chilly outside. I just don't like that.
1: It doesn't look very Florida. You know, that's like we're used to the sunshine and all that. So um, yeah, I, I absolutely do get that.
0: All right, so before we um, get into the story for this week, which is a very, very wild one, Melissa, we are still talking about our our
1: moment is coming. Come have a moment with us. Come have a moment with us. Like in the positive (laughs) kind, not whenever you're like with your kids and it's loud and they're screaming and you're like, I'm having a moment. Not one of those. It's gonna be a fun, light, silly moment with the two of us, right? Yeah, the two of us live doing a, a show? Okay, it's a live show. Here's the. We can't write these words, but it's basically a live show that you're watching online. We're going to be in studio, which. How cool is that? And I
0: likened it to SNL once. Okay. And Melissa said, just calm down. But it's kind of like that, right? It's we are doing it live in a studio. You can watch it from your own home. So it's I would, kind of that's where the similarities begin
1: and end. I would liken it to the clip of Bill O'Reilly screaming, we're doing it live. That's what it feels more like to me. But so if you haven't listened to this part, if we have if you haven't heard us talking about it, it's a it's an SNL slash Bill O'Reilly experience on <laughs> <laughs> the new date is February 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're like, Melissa, Mandy, that time doesn't work for me. We got you, boo. It's available for seven more days after the moment. So you might not be able to be there live and in person, but you can relive our biggest nightmare slash (laughs) embarrassment of ourself for seven full days after a whole week.
0: Yes. And uh, we're also excited because we have like a little bit of a secret that we're going to be um, releasing maybe some new items um, during the moment.
1: So merch items. So that will be Like five things, like very cute things that we can't believe we didn't come up with before, but we actually put our brains together and made up some ideas. And wouldn't you know it, (laughs) when we spent a little time,
0: it worked out. They're so cute. It it did, yeah. And there have been, um, some listeners have asked us for different merch, or we've had kind of the same merch Pretty oh my God. Since, the
1: very, since very literally year one.
0: Yes, and have never come out with new designs, but we figured, you know, new year, new name, new us, we need some new merch. So um, that will be coming out uh, at the moment. And then, of course, after the moment, everybody will get to see uh, all these new designs. Um, but if you want to be like the first in line, the moment is where you want to be.
1: Yes. So it's moment.co slash moms and mysteries, and we'll have it linked in our show notes. We'll also be doing some giveaways. I think we talked about this, Mandy. If not, this is a surprise to you of some of the new merch (laughs) while we're uh, doing our moment. So SNL, Bill O'Reilly live show. We'll take out the Bill O'Reilly SNL. (laughs) Just chaos. Whatever the most chaotic thing is you can think of, that's what you're going to watch. If you want to know what the inside of our brains look like without editing, that's going to be where you want to be. There you go. (laughs) And hopefully you can forgive
0: us for any mistakes that we make.
1: (laughs) Just forgive us in general.
0: There you go. All right. So on the topic of forgiveness, actually, I would consider myself to be a fairly forgiving person. It really would take a lot for me to just cut somebody off completely or to really feel like they had wronged me in a way that was truly just unforgivable. I understand people make mistakes, and sometimes the mistakes that we make hurt people that we really care about, but it doesn't always mean that all hope is lost for that relationship. Everybody, of course, has their own limits when it comes to the way they allow others to treat them, and what's right for me may not be right for you. But today's story deals with one woman's absolute loyalty to a man who continuously wronged her in big ways for decades. This is one of those stories that really will have you saying, wait, what? over and over again. So chemical attacks, as in being attacked with a chemical, whether it be an acid or a base, is something that we thankfully don't hear about that often. The last time we talked about it on our show was back in 2020 when we talked about the stalking of the singer Bjork and the man who tried to send her an acid bomb. If you remember from that story, the bomb was supposed to go off when Bjork opened a package and it would spray her in the face and torso with enough acid to disfigure her. Thankfully, officials intercepted that package before it was even delivered, and Bjork suffered no harm. In this week's story, a woman named Linda Riss wasn't as lucky. Linda Riss was 22 years old and soon to be married in June of 1959 when a man claiming to be delivering an engagement present rang her doorbell. Linda's engagement party was just the day before, so it wasn't unusual that a gift would be arriving. Her mom, Bertha, who she lived with, actually opened the door, and when Linda heard that the man was looking for her for this delivery, she approached the door. When Linda got to the door, the man quickly took out a small bottle from the box that he was holding and flung the contents of the bottle into Linda and her mom's faces before taking off. Linda was stunned by this hot, burning sensation all over her face, her eyes, and her head, and after a few moments, she realized that she could not see anything. The women had just been attacked with lie. Linda rushed to flush her eyes out with cold water while screaming, I'm blind, call an ambulance, call the police, do something. And neighbors actually heard these screams and came to help her. They led Linda to the sofa and consoled her while they waited for the ambulance to arrive. Linda's mother, Bertha, was left scarred, but not blinded. But Linda suffered a much worse fate. She ended up spending months in hospitals, undergoing multiple operations, but ultimately she was left blind in one eye and partially blind in the other. Her forehead and scalp were disfigured, and she would hide these injuries under wigs and sunglasses for the rest of her life. Although Linda didn't see the man who threw the chemical on her, she knew who was responsible, and that was her former boyfriend, Bert Pugosh.
1: Bert was a married man, 10 years older than Linda when they first met in the summer of 1957. Bert was 30 and had built himself a really nice career as a lawyer. But according to The Guardian, he was more like the Saul Goodman type flamboyant and morally sketchy. He owned a nightclub and a plane, and he drove around in a powder blue Cadillac.
0: That's like literally the image of every cheesy lawyer in every
1: movie ever. So there is a lawyer on TikTok. And you probably know who he is. And he wears a bunch of rings. And he is basically like, looks like the Better Call Saul guy. <laughs> and I love watching his TikToks. I learn a lot. But, um, but I don't know who that is. You'll have to send, reminds me, me. S- send me his app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. next time he comes up, you'll see it. Anybody that is listening that knows this guy knows this guy. It's like comb over, a ring on every finger, like never talk to the police. That kind of thing is is his whole thing. Although he had a wife and a three-year-old at home. Bert took a liking to 20 year old Linda Riss after seeing her at a religious gathering in September of 1957. Bert never mentioned to Linda that he was actually a married father, and he went on to charm her with his wealth. He bought her gifts and he took her out on fancy dates. And Linda thought Bert was kind of a nut at first. That was her word. But soon she started seeing him as being kind, witty, and, quote, fantastically intelligent, end quote which was great because when it came to his looks, Linda was underwhelmed. (laughs) We don't hear that a lot. It's normally like, he was so handsome. He looked. He was so, you know, she was beautiful, all this. (laughs) And she's like kind of an uggo. So she said that she did not think he was handsome, but that he was so charming, he could charm a snake. Is that a compliment? Well, no. I mean, I don't think he has a lot going for him. So I guess charming a snake is like... I just don't know if I would want someone to say that about
0: me, that I could – I was so charming that I could charm a snake because it just implies already that you are – I don't know.
1: No, it doesn't – nothing implies anything good. It's not like (laughs) I could charm you into falling in love or anything. It's literally a snake. (laughs) Right. The beast of the ground. So he made her feel very important and great all the time, sending flowers, records, poems, and roses on a regular basis, which, Mandy, you and Haley pointed out, this sounds like love bombing. For sure. This word wasn't around then. But yeah, when somebody's just doing all that and you're like, "Mm, okay, that's just them trying to over inundate you with this, I don't know. I feel like it's making up for the fact that you're a snake charmer. For sure, for sure. Bert would talk to Linda about marriage, which is something they both wanted. That is, until Linda found out that Bert was already married. Bert admitted that he was cheating on his wife with Linda, but he told her he was going to get a divorce and he wanted to be with her instead. A year later, though, he still hadn't done that, so Linda broke things off with him. But in an effort to keep Linda in his life, Bert showed her some divorce papers that turned out to be fake, and Linda cut him off for good. So after the breakup, Linda goes to Florida with a friend, and she meets a man named Larry there. Larry wasn't rich like Bert, but Linda found other reasons to like him. Unfortunately, though, Larry went off with the army shortly after they met, and when Bert found out Larry was out of the picture, he sent his father to talk to Linda in hopes of getting her to change her mind and take Bert back. So Your dad knows you're married and have a small kid, (laughs) and you send him to your former mistress to be like, you want to try this again? (laughs) Yeah, I have questions about the whole family there. (laughs) (laughs) It does make you wonder. So Bert's father agreed that's the surprise it's not so much the surprise that he asked his dad it's that his father was like sure i'll go to florida and talk (laughs) to your mistress so he agrees and tells linda that bert's been telling the truth about leaving his wife and linda believed him and she got back together with bert because why would you think the father was lying to you not surprisingly though both bert and his father were completely full of it and they were both lying to her Bert's wife actually ended up calling Linda and telling her that she was never going to divorce Bert. She said he had cheated on her constantly, but they had a daughter together. So she That was makes me so sad. Him, right? Where she was like, please don't be another piece of my pain, but even if you are, I'm not leaving him. So get over it. Right. Like that, that's honestly just horribly sad. Yeah. yeah. But Bert wouldn't give Linda any space whatsoever. He called her nonstop and even showed up at her job unannounced, pretty much begging her to take him back. His behavior eventually led to Linda losing her job because Bert was causing too much of a ruckus. She ends up getting a new job as a receptionist at a textile firm, but Bert continued to harass her. Eventually, though, the pleas for a reunion turned into threats against her if she didn't abide. He said if he couldn't have Linda, nobody could. And he actually told her that he would, quote, blind her with acid, end quote. So Linda goes to the police, but unfortunately, they weren't much help. This is decades ago, so I I hope and pray we've gone gotten a lot further with stalking and stuff. But I know there's still more work to do. But, like, at the time, they literally tell her there's nothing they can do until something happens. So basically, good luck, you know, and right. to call us after.
0: Yeah. And I think we have come a lot – you know, we've come a long way, but I I feel like we still kind of hear this in stories where people have tried to report um, behaviors like this that could potentially turn dangerous, and they're kind of told the same thing, you know, that until – something actually happens, there's really not much that can be done. Yeah. So in this case, something did happen. Uh, It was on June 15th, 1959. And that was when a man rang the doorbell at the house that Linda shared with her mom and threw lie into the women's faces, leaving Linda partially blind and permanently disfigured. When Larry saw Linda's injuries, he actually had the audacity to break things off with her. After Linda told the police that she knew it was Bert behind the attack, the police did question him, but to no surprise, he denied everything. The officers began to surveil Bert, and they even tapped his phone in hopes of gathering evidence against him, and Linda was also given 24-hour police protection. It was noticed that Bert was getting these calls from men who were demanding that Bert pay them off if he wanted them to keep quiet. So Bert actually did hand over about $1,000 to these blackmailers, which, of course, makes the police suspicious that these men were also involved in the attack on Linda. So they just kept watching and they kept listening into these phone calls while they were building their case. Meanwhile, Bert still actually could not leave Linda alone. He harassed her constantly. He even called her once and told her sarcastically that he would send her a seeing eye dog for Christmas, which... I just – I mean, imagine being Linda and, like, you've already been attacked and, like, this guy now keeps calling. He won't leave you alone. Right. He's saying these horrible – that's just a really cruel thing to say, you know, to somebody who has lost their eyesight.
1: Yeah. And it's not at all meant to be nice or helpful. Just more throwing it in her face. Right. So it did take a few months, but the police
0: eventually gathered enough evidence to arrest Bert and three other men on maiming charges on October 30th of that year. Upon his arrest, it was found out that Burt was in possession of a loaded gun, which he had been keeping in his briefcase. And because they were in the state of New York, that was actually a felony. So he really was just not off to a very great start with this investigation right off the bat. So the other three men that were arrested in connection with the lie attack were 34-year-old former heavyweight boxer Hurd Harden, a 31-year-old client of Burt's named Al Smith Newkirk, and Newkirk's 28-year-old friend Walter McMillan. All three of these men gave full confessions, and they stated that Bert actually hired Newkirk to murder Linda initially. But when he found out that Newkirk charged $10,000 for a hit, Bert thought that was too much. So instead, he agreed to pay $2,000 to simply have her maimed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So after being approached by Bert, Al Newkirk then went to see his other friend, Walter, and that's when he also met Herd Harden. Hardin said that he was actually interested in doing the job himself, so Newkirk then put him in touch with Burt directly so they could discuss everything. They talked on the phone and then met up in person, where Hardin had a private conversation with Burt and allegedly told him that he wanted about $5,000 for the job. The four men met on June 14th to finalize their plans, and Burt purchased a can of lye and gave it to Hardin, who was the one that was actually going to carry out this attack. McMillan was the getaway driver, and after this point, Newkirk didn't really have any other role in the attack. His role was helping to get all these men together and set everything up. On June the 15th, Hardin went over to Linda's place in the Bronx and rang the doorbell, but her mom Bertha answered the door instead. So he told her that story about how he had an engagement present to give to Linda. When Linda heard this, she approached the door, and that's when Harden took out a small bottle that was filled with soda and lye and threw the mixture into the women's faces before fleeing. Harden met up with Bert the next night in Central Park, and Bert paid him $2,000 all in $50 bills. And then from there, Hardin went and split the money with the getaway driver, who was uh, McMillan. Hardin later admitted that he spent $800 of that money in one night at a party when he quote, covered a naked woman from head to toe with dollar bills so yeah which is I mean honestly when all you didn't get paid that much that's a lot of your money to be used on dollar dollar bills yeah yeah
1: Mandy don't ever say that again (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it
0: Okay, so um, Harden must have really enjoyed that experience, though, because then he and McMillan blackmailed Bert into giving them even more money to keep quiet, which I get it. Like, I get that they're like, oh, we're going to go and threaten Bert that we're going to go to the police. But like, what are you going to tell the police? Like, that you threw lie in someone's yeah. face because this guy paid you. Like, either way, you're
1: all going down for $2,000. Like, it just doesn't. <laughs> none of it no, makes a lot of sense. None of it makes sense. So even after these three men told police the truth, Bert still tried to say he was innocent. He even begged a corrections officer to give him a razor to shave his beard off because he believed that people looked at bearded people as villains. I will say in 2023, very different perspective. People love a dude in a beard, but back (laughs) then he thought that and so he shaved his beard off. Bert was later released on $105,000 bond, which at the time was the second highest bond ever in the country. He was ordered to have no contact with Linda, but of course, he didn't follow that. He continued to find ways to get in touch with her. He even told the judge in the case, as well as the media, that Linda was actually in love with him and was going to marry him after his trial. And so this is the this is the woman he paid to have all this done to. He's saying in the media and to the judge. Uh, well, she's in love with me. And after this is all over this little, you know, snafu, we're going to be together and we're going to get married. Wow. Yeah. So each of the four men were indicted on seven charges in the assault. Three counts on maiming, two counts of assault in the second degree, one count of burglary in the second degree, and one count of conspiracy. Bert was also charged for having a gun in his briefcase when he was arrested. There were three separate maiming counts for each of the ways that Linda was maimed. One count for disfiguring, one for destroying and disabling her right eye, and one for, quote, seriously diminishing her physical vigor, end quote, and the sight in her left eye. One assault count was for throwing lie on Linda, and the other was for throwing it on her mom. All of the men were to be tried together for the attack on Linda, but Bert would go to trial alone for his gun charge, which happened first. He went to trial for the gun charge in February of 1960. The jury found him guilty, and he was supposed to be sentenced in April. He was facing up to five years. He stayed out on bail while he awaited trial, but in mid-March, he got caught trying to contact Linda by sending her a letter. And he was also caught trying to find out the names and addresses of the jurors who convicted him of the gun charge. So really just learning his lesson left and right at this point. So Burt ended up being sent to a psych hospital for observation on March 28th and almost a month later on April 26th, the hospital declared he was quote unquote insane and said that he was quote, incapable of understanding a trial end quote. And this was two days before his sentencing for the gun charge, which is a little convenient. They actually claimed that he had been quote, psychotic since 1957 and he needed to be hospitalized. So the sentencing for the gun charge and the trial for the maiming were adjourned until the judge could hold a sanity hearing. And that happened on May 25th. A second psychiatrist told the judge that Burt was insane and suffering from psychosis of a, quote, paranoid schizophrenic type, end quote, and that he was not able to understand the charges against him. The final sanity hearing was held on June 6th, and the judge conducted his own evaluation of Burt. Burt was able to answer questions coherently and in detail a psychiatrist for the prosecution testified that Burt was sane. Ultimately, the judge deemed Burt sane and said that he could stand trial for both the gun charge and the lie attack, and Burt was sent back to jail with no bond. And we have so much more to get into with this story, and we will do that after one quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. (laughs) I know I'm sort of known as the trivia mom on the show, but Mandy, I think there's a secret trivia fan in you as well, especially when it comes to music. So if I were to ask you the name of a song by Dolly Parton or Queen, could you name one in under 15 seconds?
0: Uh, Yes, Melissa. I would definitely give you 9 to 5 for Dolly if you asked
1: me that. Ooh, nice. I like that one. See, Mandy, you're a total trivia head and apparently a Dolly head too. I have no idea. And that's why I really think you'll love Trivia Star as much as I do. Trivia Star is a free mobile trivia game that has more than 60 different categories that you get to choose from. Categories like TV and celebrities for me and animals and music for you. Trivia Star allows you to choose the correct answer for multiple choices while you race against the clock. And if you beat the clock, you move on to the next level. At first, the answers are pretty easy, but they get much harder over time. And if you get stuck, you can use coins and gems to get hints and beat the level. And right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play.
0: TriviaStar has thousands of five-star reviews in the Apple Store and is the number one trivia game on the App Store. Download it today to challenge yourself. Just go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The new year is a great time to take charge of your mental health, and working with a therapist can help you get closer to being the best version of you in 2023.
1: I'm a huge advocate of therapy, and it's something I've done throughout my adult life. Sometimes it's just nice to be able to get all your thoughts out to one person with no judgment, but guidance when it's needed. Moms especially, it's so hard to find time for yourself, even if that time you're needing is to help you be the best you you can be for your family. That's why BetterHelp can be a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and it's entirely online, which is especially great because sometimes just getting there is hard enough. To find the best therapist
0: for you, you'll just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. If you find the therapist you're matched with doesn't work for you, that's fine. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash moms.
1: Now back to the episode.
0: So before the break, we were talking about Bert Pugosh and Linda Riss, who at one time were in a relationship and it didn't work out. So Linda kind of moved on and Burt, Really could not handle that. He was eventually charged with being responsible for a lie attack on Linda and her mom, where he essentially hired somebody to go knock on her door and throw this chemical into their faces. Truly one of the most horrifying things I think yeah. I can imagine, like as a way of being attacked uh, because it left permanent damage, you know, on for Linda. Right. A year after the attack, a jury was selected for the joint trial that the four men who were involved in the Sly attack were going to be in. The prosecution actually said something uh, regarding a world-famous acid attack on a labor columnist, and the defense thought that this was unfair. So they ended up motioning for a mistrial, and they won. So these three hired men did remain in jail until the next trial, but Burt was actually let out on bail. Finally, on November 9th, 1960, Bert was sentenced to a year for the gun charge that was from having a gun uh, in his briefcase when he was arrested, and he was then formally disbarred by the Bar Association. So since the first trial uh, was declared a mistrial, the four men had to await their second trial. And in April of 1961, Newkirk, who was the man who introduced all the men and set everything up, ended up pleading guilty of all seven counts that he was accused of, and he was facing up to 71 years in prison. The rest of the men still had to go to trial. And what a trial it was. It would end up being the longest trial in the history of Bronx County Court. Yeah. And a lot of this was because Bert caused numerous delays because he had constant outbursts and he was constantly making motions in court to just intentionally slow things down. Linda testified for the prosecution about what Bert had already put her through before the attack and since the attack. She ended up being on the stand for a total of seven days detailing all of Bert's behaviors. In the courtroom, she wore all black, including black sunglasses and a black wig. At one point, the prosecutors actually asked Linda to walk over to the jury and show them the injuries that she sustained in this lie attack. So she removed her sunglasses and revealed a flesh colored patch over one of her eyes, which she then also removed and showed them a scarred socket where her eyes should have been. She also pulled the bangs from her wig back to show the jury the lumpy scar tissue that was extending across her brow. Linda described her attacker as being a black man, over six feet tall, and very heavy set. And this description matched herd Harden. When Linda was asked about him, she said that he looked exactly like the man who attacked her, and her mom agreed that Harden was the man that threw the lie on them. Prosecutors called another witness, a woman named Susan, who testified that in February of 1959, Bert asked her if she knew anyone who could either, quote, beat up a girl, knock a few teeth out, or throw acid at her. Susan said, yes, that she did, which in itself is disturbing that you would know someone, you know, willing to do any of those things. But she put Bert in touch with this person. It was her friend named Joseph. Susan said that she actually did hear Bert use Linda's name when he was talking to Joseph on the phone. Joseph took the stand, too, and said that he did speak with Bert about attacking Linda in either January or February of 1959, and again, he spoke to him in July or August of that year, at which time Bert said that he wanted to have a girl hurt and said that he would pay $200 to, quote, have her face pushed in, end quote. He mentioned Linda's name again this time, but Joseph said that he didn't accept Bert's offer and never did anything about it.
1: Well, wow. So as we said before, Bert was up to a bunch of nonsense and shenanigans in court, and some of the things he did were absolutely unbelievable. At one point, about a month into the trial, Bert used a lens from his glasses to slash his wrist, right as the court was about to return to session after a recess. When officers grabbed him, he screamed, quote, let me alone. I've got a case in court. I have to go to trial, end quote. Then he shouted, quote, Linda, I love you. Linda, I want you, end quote. He was taken to the hospital where his wounds were determined to be superficial. His lawyer wanted him to be sent to a psychiatric hospital, but the judge said, Absolutely not. He was acting perfectly normal and rational for the whole month of the trial, and he noted the amount of times Bert had already attempted to thwart or delay the trial. So, in other words, he was like, Yeah, we're not doing this. You know, the judge is totally not buying this whole situation. So about a week after the wrist incident, Bert begged the judge to send him to a psychiatric hospital, but once again, he was told no. His defense team begged two more times, but the judge said no each time. Bert also wanted to defend himself in court, but that was denied. Later, when the defense rested, and imagine how glad they were to have rested in this case this seems no like kidding. the most exhausting thing in the entire world but bert asked to give the closing arguments in place of his attorney and the <laughs> judge got so annoyed that he said quote everything has been done in this court to procure a mistrial and i'm sick and tired of this nonsense this foolishness these tactics must stop this is getting to be a three-ring circus and quote Heard Hardin's defense was that he just wasn't involved at all. He testified for his own defense and said he never threw the lie in Linda's face and that he didn't even know Bert at the time of the crime. He says that he actually met Bert four months after the lie attack. He claimed that the police beat a confession out of him, held a gun to his head, and threatened to convict him of attempted kidnapping of Bert if he didn't confess. Harden said one of the detectives promised him two years in jail if he signed the confession. So he did. Walter McMillan, who was the getaway driver, ended up not being tried alongside Burton and Hardin. The trial lasted 14 weeks total, and much of it was each side debating over whether or not Burt was insane. Finally, on July 14th, the jury reached a verdict after about two and a half hours. He and Hardin were both found guilty on all counts and faced 65 years in prison. Hardin was sentenced to 50 to 60 years.
0: So Bert actually was not sentenced because he was in a psych hospital after a new report that was prepared by a psychiatrist. This is somebody who had previously helped prepare a court report on Bert. Right. Has now declared him insane. So after this, Bert then asked the judge to also rule him insane. So another sanity hearing was held. And for a sanity hearing, it lasted a very, very long time, months. It lasted from October to February. Oh, my so gosh. That is, yeah, this it's is just a holidays. hearing. Yeah, this is just a hearing. This is just to determine if he's sane or not. And this went on for months. Oh so gosh. Bert, during all of this, acted as his own defense attorney. And he made frequent objections to the prosecutor's questions about the reports that he was insane. The judge ruled that Bert needed to be examined by two court-appointed doctors. But Bert refused to do that. Finally, on February 1st, when the court hearing was concluded, the judge said that he needed until March 14th to come up with a decision regarding Burt's sanity. The judge ended up finding Burt legally sane and said, quote, he clearly understands the nature of the proceeding and is participating in a defense. Any other decision would constitute a mockery of justice, end quote. He pointed out that Burt acted rationally during the hearing, and he spoke intelligently and even presented arguments and referenced specific points of law. So basically, he was like, this is somebody who has done his research and his homework and knows exactly what to say in a courtroom, not somebody who is like so insane that they can't understand anything in court. This is someone who clearly understands the gravity of the situation and everything that's been said. Right. He also said that Burt was, quote, a fake lunatic, and he was clever and cunning and had no conscience. He sentenced Bert to 15 to 30 years, which was the maximum that he was able to give him as a first-time offender. Linda, at this time, did not agree with this, and she felt that it was not good enough. She wanted Bert to pretty much just die in prison. She, at this time, was still undergoing operations for all the injuries that she sustained. On December 3rd, 1962, McMillan ended up pleading guilty to all the charges against him. He and Al Newkirk, who also pleaded guilty, as we said before, were both sentenced on December 21st. McMillan was given seven and a half to eight years, and Newkirk was given a five to ten year suspended sentence, plus one year of probation, and that was because he had given testimony at Hardin's trial. After being sentenced, Burt filed a ton of appeals, because of course he did. Right. But none of them were successful, and the judges that were looking over these appeals often just felt that Burt was bogging down the system. When he wasn't busy finding something to appeal on, Bert was writing letters to Linda, none of which he would get a reply to. Bert tracked down her new phone number and called her, and Linda really didn't take well to this at all. She was obviously scared. She was trying to get on with her life as best as she could, and she really only had limited eyesight, but she did still have some sight left in her uh, left eye, so she wanted to go and see Europe. She had dated multiple men over the years, but she never ended up getting married. She said that once these men saw her injuries and you know saw her without her glasses they were no longer interested in her which just makes me so sad for so Linda sad. Thinking, yeah because she was only i believe correct me if i'm wrong i think she was 22 when yeah, um, she was this young. happened it's very, very young to be 22 year old woman, and to be permanently disfigured and lose your eyesight because of something like so quick that happened that someone just came to your door and attacked you this way that left a lifetime, you know, injury and yeah. just how awful like I, I just feel so bad, to you know, to hear her say that she wanted to go and experience these things and do these things. But she found that she, you know, she wasn't accepted because of her injuries. Ugh. So at some point, Linda ended up moving into a very small apartment in Manhattan, and she was very lonely and very vulnerable.
1: Bert served 14 years behind bars before being released on March 21st, 1974. At the time of his release, he told the media he didn't know where Linda was, but that he wanted them to, quote, print a proposal in the paper. He actually wanted to ask her to marry him, and he was serious. He later went on television and proposed to her again, saying he knew Linda would want to marry him and that she was just too afraid of the publicity. Linda's mother spoke out and said, none of this is true and Linda is terrified of Bert. However, Linda, who was watching some TV with her friends when she saw Bert's proposal, was actually surprised to see that Bert was pretty attractive now. He'd been working out a lot in prison and Linda said he looked like the after in the before and after ads. Remember, Linda thought he was a total uggo before, but she liked (laughs) his money. And now he has no money, but he has abs. So she's into it again. Well, there you go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Linda. This is a big listen, Linda moment. You put that somewhere in the notes, but it's so much as like, listen, Linda, no. And her friends, which have failed her in this moment, tell her that she should give him a chance some friends. I know. I'm not happy with these people. And wait, Mandy, there's more. Her mother's fortune teller and the woman who did Linda's horoscope also told her she should marry Bert. Wow. <sighs> Even the policewoman who protected Linda from Bert before his arrest talked her into getting back together with him
0: okay now this one just makes me mad
1: like what totally the whole thing makes me mad because like come on protect her like she she's vulnerable clearly and these people are like yeah no you should definitely prison for 20 years he's got and this
0: man is clearly a manipulator obviously we've seen that already and like all of these people should know that like it should it should not just be as easy as oh there he is on tv saying i want to marry you for everyone to be like you know what? You absolutely should.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wow, he wants to marry you? That's great. What? No, he's the worst. So Linda started to focus on all the good things about Bert that she remembered from back when they first started dating. All those nice things he bought for her and how charming and witty and intelligent he was and not apparently how much he was love bombing her. And then Linda got wind that Bert was entertaining six girlfriends and she got worried that someone was going to snap him right up if she didn't make her move and get him first. Oh my gosh. It's like a high-pressure sales pitch that he was doing, I feel it like. It is. It is. But, like, also, like, have the six girlfriends, buddy. They're not staying with you for long. This is – this whole thing. This makes me, like, angry and sad. Like, it's both. Like, the whole thing was yes, manipulative. for
0: sure.
1: 100%. And so then Linda contacted Bert, and they got back together. In May of 1974, after reuniting with Bert, Linda went to a federal court to ask that they would reinstate Bert's law license, a motion that was denied, thank goodness. Because can you even imagine this guy having been your attorney? You'd be like, this guy no. was never had any, even had any time to work on my case because he's like married, courting other women, setting up all these things behind the scenes. Right. Like, oh my gosh. So Bert did become a paralegal, though, and he opened his own practice and had an office in a lawyer's suite. Bert and Linda went on to get married on November 23, 1974, in a courthouse wedding. They moved to Queens, where they actually stayed for decades. According to Bert, the couple never spoke of the lie attack. He said Linda knew he didn't mean for it to happen that way. He told her that when he hired the guy, it was just to beat her up, not throw a lie on her, which, man... Thank goodness. That makes it so
0: much better. Yeah, he
1: wasn't really trying to hurt you. He was just trying to hurt you. So he claimed the other men decided to use lie and blackmail him. And according to Bert, he and Linda were devoted to each other. Bert claimed to regret the attack every day of his life. Not enough to actually, you know, say to Linda, should we talk about this? Like, should I apologize what actually happened? But he never accepted any responsibility because he would say he didn't do it. He caused it. What is that? What is that? (laughs) That is, yeah, okay. I didn't do it. I caused it. That sounds like a prequel to the O.J. Simpson book. (laughs) No kidding. So he also said he initially wanted to kill Linda, so he waited outside with a gun, but then he couldn't go through with it, so he hired three men to beat her up instead. But he says he didn't want her to be maimed. Okay, so you were going to kill her, and then you settled on... None of that makes any sense. Beating her up, but they accidentally maimed her. No, none of it And it still
0: is very much set up in a way that's like, look at how great I am. I was going to do something much worse, but then I decided I would just settle
1: for getting her beat up instead. Like, it doesn't make you sound any better. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) And there's actually so much more to get into in this story, new updates, which are just wild. And we'll get into those after one last break to hear more from this week's sponsors. I like to fancy myself a detective of sorts, especially as a mom. In my house, I'm constantly solving mysteries, like the mystery of the missing shoe or the mystery of why my kids aren't hungry for asparagus, but gosh, they are hungry for pizza. Honestly, I may never solve that one, but now I can use my detective skills to unravel a family mystery with plenty of twists and turns, thanks to June's journey travel back
0: to the roaring 20s, and even do a little globetrotting to follow the next lead in this fun and exciting game starring June Parker, an amateur detective working to solve her sister's murder. I'm in chapter two where I've met an intriguing character and am still not quite sure whether he's a friend or foe. I love playing June's journey as a treat when I'm either psyching myself up to do something I don't really want to
1: do or as a reward for finishing my work. There are new chapters added every week, so there's always a new character to meet and new and beautiful places to search. I love that I can do fun things within the game, like building my own island estate with gardens and beautiful buildings. And while I may not have a green thumb in real life, I do in June's Journey. Plus, now you can chat and play with or against other players by joining the detective club, adding to the fun.
0: Pick up where you left off to uncover new secrets or start your investigation today and download June's Journey. Available on Android and iOS mobile devices, as well as on PC through Facebook games.
1: There's a certain February holiday coming up that's all about love. And while I'm not a mushy kind of gal, I do love playing a game. And this year, whether you've been with your partner for a month or what feels like 20 Jessica Simpson pregnancies, you should check out Let's Get Deep. Brought to you by What Do You Meme to add a little fun to your Valentine's Day and beyond.
0: Melissa and I have both discussed our love for the What Do You Meme game. So I was excited to look through the questions in their new game, Let's Get Deep. The questions range from things like how do you show your love to more risque ones like what were your first impressions of my family and actual
1: risque ones, which we won't share on our show, but they're definitely in the box. Relationships all need a little TLC, and this is a great way to have a little fun and let loose, all without reminding your partner that tomorrow is garbage day. Valentine's Day is the perfect time to try out Let's Get Deep for Yourself, and you're in luck because we have an exclusive offer for our listeners – For a limited time, get 20% off with the code MOMS when you go to com slash let's get deep. That's com slash let's get deep and use code MOMS. Again, to get 20% off, go to com slash let's get deep and use code MOMS. So let's get deep, literally. It's been a while since I've had a baby of my own and some days I miss it so much. The baby cuddles and baby smiles, but when it comes to diaper rashes not so much. I remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash. I was really devastated. Here's this tiny thing, totally dependent on me. And now she's fussy and obviously uncomfortable. And I'm supposed to have the answers, Well, with time and treatment, it went away. But what I really wanted was to avoid it altogether. And now baby butts rejoice. New Huggies Skin Essentials are here, a brand-new, dermatologist-approved line of diapers, wipes, and pull-ups training pants, all designed with baby's sensitive skin in mind. The wipes are thick and have zero
0: harsh ingredients for a great, gentle clean. pull up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra-soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more.
1: And now back to the episode.
0: Okay, so before the break, Burt Pugosh and Linda Riss are now married, even though that seems like a... Terrible idea. Huge, yet huge departure from the beginning of the story where he arranged to have lie thrown on Linda's face. So now... They are back together. They're married. Bert, we've talked already about how Bert is extremely manipulative, and he has love-bombed Linda since the day he met her. Um, It kind of seems like that a little bit of that was still going on after he was released from prison for serving his time um, for the attack against her. And Linda, unfortunately, as I said, was very vulnerable. She was very lonely. She didn't have a lot of luck in love. And Bert proposed to her on live television. So they're back together. In 1976, Bert and Linda released a book entitled "A Very Different Love Story," Bert and Linda Pugosh's intimate account of their triumph over tragedy. Which, I'm sorry, I just hate book titles that are so long. That that.
1: sounds like a Teen Mom title. It sounds like a Doctor Phil book title.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so they actually did go on many talk shows, probably not Dr. Phil because he wasn't around then, but they told their love story and some might have the opinion that they were really, really enjoying the attention that this was bringing them. Linda did eventually lose all of her eyesight in 1990. And that same year, the couple gave an interview to Newsday. And by this point, it seemed like their marriage maybe was a little bit less passionate. Linda said that Bert used to send her flowers, records, poems, and dozens of roses when they first met in the 1950s, but now they were married, and she, quote, never saw a rose. She said that Bert was really a workaholic, and when he wasn't working, he was just at home watching TV, which (laughs) sounds absolutely miserable. Yeah. So Linda said that there were, of course, good days and bad days, just like within any relationship, but she said, quote, it's 16 years and miracle of miracles... We're still together. Oh, Linda. By this time, Linda and Bert were far from being spring chickens. But six years later in 1996, when Bert was 69 years old, Bert stabbed Linda in the back again. It was learned that he had been having an affair with a woman named Sally for about five years. Now, Sally worked in his office building, and Bert actually helped her get a divorce from her husband. And then after that divorce was finalized, she and Bert began having a relationship Things went sour on October 15th, 1996, when Sally tried to end their affair and Bert threatened to kill her. He talked on the phone to her and said, quote, it's 1959 all over again. Since you do not want to have dinner with me, tonight will be your last dinner. I do not want to go to jail. I will not blind you because you will be on the stand with your big mouth. It will be quick, end quote. He also told her he'd cancel this order, this hit on her life, essentially, if she would have dinner and sleep with him that night. So gross of him to, like, put that on her. So Sally goes to his office and basically is going there to beg for her life since he said, I'm going to have you killed if you don't come see me. Um, So she went to go, like, pretty much beg for her life. and. Bert sexually assaulted her while she was there, so she called the police when she left, and Bert was then charged with sexual abuse as well as aggravated harassment and menacing.
1: Oh my gosh. So naturally, Bert represents himself at his arraignment. He alleged that he broke up with Sally in May of 1996. He said she had called him and accused him of asking someone at the coffee shop to poison her. Bert said he told her that was ridiculous and broke up with her. In September, Sally was dating someone else, but Bert continued to pursue her and sent a dozen roses to her home. Later, they met at her place and discussed Bert getting divorced from Linda and marrying Sally. They had a great week together, and at the end of the week, Bert proposed to Sally. She said no and ended the relationship, which hit Bert like a ton of bricks. He couldn't sleep or eat. He was desperate to get Sally back, which boo hoo. He promised her many things, but it didn't work. On October 15th, Sally went to Bert's office for the final time. He took out a Polaroid camera to show her a picture, and Sally said, quote, is that for your hitman? Bert said this is outrageous and that he had no intention of killing her. He said he never threatened Sally's life and that she just framed him, but that their relationship was over and that Linda had forgiven him. Linda paid $50,000 in cash to bail Bert out of jail while he awaited trial. Bert, at 70 years old, represented himself at this trial. Prosecutors were permitted to bring up information about the lie attack on Linda. They said Bert got so angry again, just like he did back in 1959, and he threatened to hurt Sally in a similar fashion. Sally testified for the prosecution, and since Bert was his own attorney, he got to cross examine her, which, of course, that's like the whole reason he wanted to do this. His defense was that he was innocent of these allegations, and while he did have an affair, he never threatened, harassed, or assaulted Sally. And Linda testified in Bert's
0: defense as well. Kind of strangely, she wore an all-black outfit in court just like she did when he was on trial for the lie attack against her. And once again, Bert got to question her since he was acting as his own attorney. He asked Linda if they had a good marriage, and she said... Yes, you're a wonderful, caring husband. And the prosecutor, of course, objected to this. I mean, it honestly sounds ridiculous. It does, even just saying that this is what was going on in court. He was up there questioning Linda, who is his own wife, who, you know, he really – he legitimately went to jail for attacking this person, and he gets to question her in court and ask her if they have a good marriage. Like, how is anyone – like, it's just – there's no credibility there to anything that she says because of the situation. It's just – silliness you know almost to have it to have this scenario so Bert also asked Linda if she knew why he had an affair with Sally and she said that she did she said that in 1990 she Linda was having heart surgery and she had to stay in the hospital for six weeks and so she wasn't able to have sex with her husband Bert due to the fact that she herself was on death's door as she put it Linda said that she knew about the affair but she never confronted him about it she said that there was no proof that Sally's accusations were even true, and she believed her husband Bert's story. After she testified, Linda told reporters that Bert had done nothing wrong and would never hurt a fly. She said all he was guilty of doing was, quote, screwing around, and she had forgiven Bert for pretty much everything, including the lie attack. My gosh. Bert also testified on his own behalf. He actually had planned to question himself, but decided not to do that. I don't know how that would have even worked. He would have just been up there talking to himself. He wanted to play the role of lawyer and witness. So he wanted to like actually question himself as a lawyer and then answer his own questions.
1: Honestly, that could have gotten him like um, an insanity (laughs) defense.
0: Yeah, it would have definitely been interesting to see that done in court. Um, But he decided that that wasn't a good idea and decided not to do that. So he did, however, maintain his innocence on the stand, and he recounted the story of his affair with Sally and the way that it ended when she rejected his marriage proposal. He said that he wanted to reconcile with her that day, not kill her. During his closing arguments, Bert walked over to Linda and kissed her on the lips. Then he told the jury to, quote, judge this case on its own merits. He said, am I weak? Yes. Am I stupid for getting involved in such a triangle? Yes. Did I commit a crime? No. After three days of deliberations, Burt was found not guilty of aggravated harassment, sexual abuse, and menacing. He was found guilty on one count of second-degree harassment, which was a misdemeanor. And he was later sentenced to 15 days in jail. One of the jurors told the media that they acquitted him because they believed that he intended to make Sally feel sorry for him, not to scare her or kill her. They agreed to convict him on the second-degree harassment charge because he was constantly calling Sally. Another juror said they believed Sally's testimony, but her relationship with Bert had been what they considered weird from the start. Others thought that since Linda had testified on his behalf, it must mean that Bert wasn't so bad after oh my all. Oh gosh. Yeah. What was going on back in the 1950s and 60s? Yeah. I don't have a good answer for you, but.
1: Yeah, it wasn't great.
0: <laughs> after Bert served his short sentence, he and Linda stayed together. And in 2007, the documentary Crazy Love, which told their story, was released. Melissa said that she watched this documentary years ago. I did not watch it. I haven't watched it, but I really would like to watch it just to kind of see in, with images
1: yeah. of was, these kind of things. It was on Netflix or maybe Hulu, but I didn't know the story. And so I thought it was just going to be the whole lie incident. And then it gets to this part and you're like, what? Like, how yeah. h- how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so in uh, December of 2012, Linda unfortunately became really unwell and she was hospitalized for nearly a month until she passed away on January 22nd, 2013, from heart failure. She was 75 years old at the time of her passing. After she died, Bert spoke with the media and said that the couple had a storybook romance and loved each other. Yeah, loved each other more than any couple ever could have. He also said, once again, that he was never involved in a lie attack. And he said, quote, if I told anyone to throw a lie on her, would she have married me? End quote.
1: I love those kind of questions where right. it's like, I don't know, Bert, idiot, not me. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in 2016, when Bert was nearly 90 years old, he met a younger woman named Sheila at a deli in Queens. Sheila was a married woman with two daughters, and Bert became really enthralled with this entire family. And they became very close with Bert. In May of 2020, Bert was left paralyzed on one side of his body after he had a stroke. Upon his release, he went to go live with Sheila and her husband, and Sheila actually became his caregiver. Bert thought this would be temporary and he'd be able to live on his own again one day, but that didn't end up happening. On Christmas Eve of 2020, 93-year-old Bert passed away. His loved ones soon learned that Bert left his $15 million estate to Sheila, and this was money he had made over the years in stocks. His family also learned that his will had been revised five times after Linda died in 2013, and that in each of those versions, he gave varying amounts of money to friends, but he always planned to leave the majority of it to this foundation for the visually impaired, a foundation that he had set up in Linda's honor, which is literally maybe the only decent thing this guy did in his life. And there was probably a tax write off involved in this, which is why he even I'm did it. Sure, but, <laughs> yeah. In some of these wills, Sheila was named to receive $5 million, but his loved ones alleged that Sheila wanted more and that she coerced it out of him. The final change to Burt's will was in October of 2020, which was months after he moved in with Sheila and her husband. In this draft, he cut the foundation out of the will and made it so Sheila got $15 million. This was obviously suspicious to Bert's loved ones, so they filed a lawsuit stating that Sheila coerced Bert to change his will after he had a stroke. They further alleged that Sheila had abused Bert in sped up his death by denying him food and medicine that he needed.
0: Wow. So Bert's family also named Sheila's husband William and their 26-year-old son in the lawsuit. Both William and Nicholas were members of the NYPD at one point. So they claim that Sheila was having an affair with Bert, which is just gives me the e b g b jeebies like all around <laughs> all the <even> BBs <laughs> thinking about. Yeah. And uh, that William didn't care. You know, her husband evidently didn't care because he was in on the scam, which was to ultimately get Bert's million. So he was just like, sure, honey do what you have to do a relationship with this very nice older gentleman um so that's apparently what they were trying to do so the judge froze uh bert's estate while they looked into these allegations and while this lawsuit was still ongoing william ended up filing an affidavit stating that he had nothing to do with the change of bert's will and that he and sheila actually hadn't even been romantically involved when she began this affair with bert in 2016 he claimed that he had moved out of the family home in 2015 but Bert's friends said that William definitely was still living in the home with Sheila when Burt moved in in 2020. Sheila's attorneys responded to the lawsuit stating that Bert's loved ones were just making baseless accusations to get access to the money that they really weren't even entitled to. Sheila denies ever having anything to do with Bert changing his will to leave everything to her. She said that her marriage to William was over when she began seeing Bert, and that she and Bert were in a serious and loving relationship and that she had spent months taking care of him in her home after his stroke. In her own words, she says that she took care of him, quote, in the most compassionate and loving way imaginable, end quote. Mm. I don't know why that just all of it makes me feel sick in some way. (laughs) All of it just does. Yeah. So she said that they became intimately involved in 2016 and had a a normal relationship where they attended family functions and took trips together. Sheila says that she never asked Bert for any financial support at all. Sheila's lawyers have also submitted a signed affidavit from Bert's physical therapist stating that he saw Bert once a week at Sheila's home from the time he moved in until December of 2020. And he said that when he would go to these Visits, Bert was always coherent and was of sound mind and never seemed like he was being controlled or coerced or mistreated by Sheila. In fact, his therapist said that he seemed to be the one who was in control. He was conducting business on the phone and would make it known, you know, what his wants and wishes were and what he needed to have done. He said that it was obvious to him that Bert loved Sheila and was being well taken care of physically and mentally. And as of this recording, the lawsuit and these allegations are still ongoing. And I have to say, you know what, if they were actually in love and everything was all on the up and up, then good for them. I'm so glad that Bert, uh, you know, died happy and with love from Sheila. I just definitely questioned Sheila's motives if that was truly the
1: case. I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like I want the foundation to get that money, but there's kind of a little bit of poetic justice that like he would get scammed. I would be yeah. totally up for that being the narrative. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's is so, the narrative. It gives but. me
0: a lot of feelings. I know. It's just like I don't know how to feel about this last
1: little. Oh, I just not care that part. he was happy when he died. Like that is. <laughs> I mean that. I mean like he was just somebody that manipulated somebody, people. His whole life, he took advantage. He cheated on everyone he was with. He like used his money as power. Like. The worst of the worst. And if somebody kind of screwed him out of some money, I want it to go to the foundation if it's doing the right things because Linda, like, let her have that as her legacy. But, like, if that – I don't know. I just, like, I don't mind him getting fleeced out of money at the end. I just don't.
0: No, I don't either. But then I, I also am just like, I don't like people who do that to old people either. True, so but and like, this is
1: the one case where I'm like, no, actually. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, they're both like
0: kind of like crappy if that's,
1: you know. If this is true, this is all if alleged it's true, and everything. If it's yeah. true,
0: exactly. It's all alleged. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she legitimately did get that money. I don't know. Maybe she didn't have any scamming thing of her own, but maybe she did. But if
1: she did, I'm – I would look the other way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that was the story um, for this week. Melissa, I know that before we do, last thing before we go, we did have an important little update on the Jared Bridegain story, if you wanted to share.
1: So earlier in the week, there was an announcement that the Jacksonville police had a huge development in the case of Jared Bridegain's murder. And if you recall, we covered that story back in September. And that's the story of the um, father of four who worked at Microsoft. He uh, was gunned down after bringing his twins home with his daughter Bexley in the back seat. Um, And on Wednesday, they made an announcement, and that was that a man by the name of Henry Tenen, who was 61 years old, he was charged with conspiracy to commit murder, second degree murder, child abuse, and accessory after the fact to a capital felony, and. That's not a name anyone knew, you know, as we were going through this, when we were looking into it, obviously that was never a name. This was somebody that was not known to the family. But since then, Mandy and I have been reading and it's all over the place, really. But there have been connections to um, Jared's ex-wife, Shana's f- husband, his her new husband, and I think they're separated now, Mario. Yes, they are. That Henry may have been renting a home from him. So there's a lot still going on with this case. It's a great first step, but there's still a lot more. The fact that it is a conspiracy to commit murder charge, they made it very clear in the press conference, this guy didn't act alone. We know there's other people involved. So just think of the family, and they're going through so much, and You know, we're seeing them on the news and everything. And there's, I just can't imagine how exhausting, how upsetting. I don't know. Mandy and I talked about this off mic. It's just pain that we can't imagine and just kind of having to relive it all over again every time something like this comes up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and we as we said we've we've been talking about this case um for several months as Melissa said and um you know we are fully in support of the Brightigan family yep. and everything that they are doing to bring justice in this case. So if you um didn't check out that episode you can go back and find it. It's the murder of Jared Brightigan. And also if you are online you can go to org and find out a lot more information. Kirsten Brightigan has got a lot of really cool stuff going on so if you want to go check that out and find out more about the case and more about what she's been doing um, the last the last year, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one other quick update, but this was for Denisha Montgomery Smith last week. Just last week, we covered her story. They've released the footage from Denisha in the car with the other officers where she was being attacked. And so that's come out frightening. It's absolutely horrible. Absolutely. So there's it's yeah, Mandy said that I, I have no other words, but that's out there. I don't know that I would advise you to watch it. But I think there's more and more that's going to come out in that story. So definitely keep that family in your thoughts. Definitely.
0: Okay, Melissa. So before we get out of here for the week, let's do a little last thing before we go, I think we're going to do something kind of what we've done before, but maybe
1: do it correctly this time. Is that okay. what I yeah. am? I right? <laughs> it's, it's been a long episode. So maybe we'll just do one. So pick out your best one. Um someone kindly wrote to us and said I think you guys were trying to play this game medium when we both say a word guess and try to get to it. So the idea though is we'll say our first word. I think it's basically what we've done before. We both say a word and we try to get to the middle one. So after we say our first two words, the difference is say you say house and I say car and we one of us says tires and the other one says um roof. Those are our new two words that we're trying to get together. So instead of going back from that first original word, does that make sense? That we're taking the new two words to get to the same word. Oh, I thought that's what we were doing. (laughs) Okay, I thought it was two. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, I think that's what we were doing. But I don't think we explained it very well. And by we, I mean me. So let's just try it. I'm going to try my best word and let's see where we get. And so on the count of three, we're both going to say what word we have. And we're going to try to eventually meet in the middle with the same word, right? Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Meat pie. Manager. Okay. Manager? <laughs> One, two, three. Kitchen. Rules. Okay. Kitchen and rules. Okay. We're getting there. Not really. One, <laughs> two, three. Knife? Measuring. <laughs> measuring makes so much more sense. Okay. Knife and measuring. Okay. One, two, three. Spoon. Dice. What? What? <laughs> Did you say dice? I think because when you dice things and you measure them. Oh, I was thinking like like die. I'm like, how do we get out of the kitchen? Okay. Okay, but dice
0: and spoon. Okay. Okay, keep going.
1: Okay. Oh, I don't know though. Okay. Okay. No, I really don't either. Okay. (laughs) One, two, three, spice. Salsa. Okay. 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 We can do this. All right. Spice and salsa. We've got it. There's a word I'm thinking of. Ready? One, two, three. Jalapeno. Dang it.
0: (laughs) Okay, but we're still on the right track. (laughs) But
1: there's nothing more. I have nothing more. Okay, chipotle. Chipotle and how do you have nothing more? Because I don't know what to go from here. Okay, uh, here we go. One, two, three. Rice. Pepper. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Now we can do it. Let's think of yours. (laughs) One, two, three. I swear to God, Mandy. One, two, three. Salt. What did you say? Burrito. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, burrito. I thought it was rice and pepper. Oh, I was thinking of like bell pepper. Dang it, Mandy. (laughs) Okay, so now we have salt and burrito. (laughs) I never again. Please remind me. We're never doing this game again. Okay, one, two, three. Flour. <laughs> <laughs> okay that made more sense okay come on think of something that we both like flour and beans oh, but, but just like <laughs> go back to the burrito i swear i'm gonna lose it one two three cheese <laughs> <Take it. laughs> okay okay let's go with yours we're gonna get this one Think more of yours, less of mine, but same family. Ready? One, <laughs> dear God, Mandy. Two, three, chicken. <laughs> There's no reason you should have done that. Oh my Why would you go to chicken? What about cheese? Because I thought that was like. I know, but I, but I was trying to go more towards yours. Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we have two more guesses in that set because people can't take this. Okay, so Philly cheesesteak and chicken. We're getting way off again. Um, <laughs> okay. And I can't do peppers because we already did, okay. okay, there's something okay, else. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got a word. One, two, three. mushroom Sandwich. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, last one. And this is it for us ever. <laughs> one, two. What is it mushroom and sandwich? Yes. Okay. One, two three bread again <laughs> it's okay. over never again never again oh my god <laughs> okay we are terrible at this
0: game i feel like we get close and then we just it's like a it's like a magnet like opposing
1: each other like yes. when you have magnets facing the it gets <laughs> too close and we just fly <laughs> off into different things oh my gosh
0: okay that's it i do that's like funny. it
1: but it's just it's just i do like the game it's just i don't think we're good at it. we're actually terrible it i'm embarrassed for us it's it's terrible
0: okay one day we'll get it right one day all right
1: all right guys well that was the
0: episode for this week we will be back next week same time same place new
1: story grab your tickets at moment.co slash moms and mysteries have a great week bye